With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're the captain of your own football club. If you were the captain when a young Toby Green first got drafted and wandered into the football club, what would the current Toby Green say to the young Toby Green walking into the club? Uh, it's a good question. Um, uh, we straighten up a bit. Um, and then... Um, I think I think I always had you know reasonable training habits and things like that, but uh, probably my stuff off field wasn't up to scratch and needed to come a long way, uh, which it probably has over the last five or six years. Toby Green, yeah, brilliant last night. Toby Green, all Australian captain, and I don't think anyone could uh, argue with that choice. He's been outstanding in news. Just you heard there in the news update that Ola Tomlanovic is out of the Australian uh, US Open with an arm injury. We're talking footy. Uh, let's do it for Luke Logics, the future of construction management. For a free demo, visit Luke Logics. Mark Duffield, of course, uh, Monday to Wednesday here in mornings, 8 till 10, and uh, writes for Code Sport as well. Duff, appreciate your time. What did you make of the All-Australian team? Any major shocks? Oh, it was pretty good, actually, Goff. Um, I I love um, the fact they picked Callum Wilkie. I think that's great. He's a bloke who plays really well often and often gets overlooked for these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, no, I think um, I, I actually personally thought that maybe Sarong might just miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I looked at his stats in the the Fremantle listings, he led the team in pretty much everything, um, which you know points to what a, a, a consistent and all-rounded season had. So I mean, well done to him. He probably deserves his selection. I might have gone more as the captain, not Green, but really we're splitting hairs. I, I love both players, and Toby's just such an impactful player. So. Um, no, I thought it was a pretty good team. No doubt about that. And Harry Schuzer, we're going to ask you a question here. So Harry Schuzer was voted by the players as the best first-year player and also the rising star. Now, Scotty, have you got the top five in the rising star? Yeah, when Schuzer, Ashcroft, uh, Mitch Owens, Amos and Wilmot. So the question I asked both of you, Mark Duffield and Scotty Cummings, and I gave a bit of notice on this one, out of those five, who do you think will be the elite, either to be a premiership player Oh. Uh, or a Brownlow medalist, or an absolute top liner. Now, they're all going to be good players. No, no one can say that. But which one of those, and do you think Sheasel leads the pack, or do you think there's another one? Because I reckon there's one that's not on the list that I believe will be the best out of the lot. Well, the only was out of the top five. Yeah, that's for you. That's fine. Brownlow. That. Yep. And the only one I can see winning the Brownlow, unless Sheasel changes positions and goes into the midfield, Um whether North will be a powerhouse by the time he's finished. Do you see Scott Pendlebury in him? I do. Yeah, just clean, gets it, doesn't get tackled much, um, uses it pretty well. Yeah, so that's a fair, that's a fair so comparison. Well, I think Ashcroft is probably the okay. one that stands out as the one who's more most likely to win a Brownlow for mine, Duff. Um, yeah, I'd, know, I'd say Sheasel or Ashcroft for a Brownlow. I'd say... If I was looking for the player with the potential to have the most impact on his team and their outcomes, I would say Owens or Amos. Mm. 
I think if they become what they look like they could become. I loved Owens. I, I thought Owens could have nearly won it. I, I reckon he had an enormous season. I reckon he's a terrific player. Um, I think they will be players who will have massive impact on the fortunes of their team. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm going to throw in one that's not in there, clearly, right. and he's played, played with the bottom side. I think Elijah Hewitt could be the best of the whole crop, that whole crop. From what I've seen, and it's only been, again, he's coming through a very difficult time at a very at a football club like that. But I think he is going to be. He, he shows signs, yeah, Judd esque signs. Oh, he shows oh, Judd like signs. Really? Yeah, he does. Well, I haven't seen that. I, I think he'll be the best of their their draft bunch over the last couple of years. There's no doubt about at West that. Coast. Yeah, West Coast. I think he's, I'm talking about the but, best yeah. of that whole lot that oh. you've just mentioned. Well, it's a massive call. I haven't. Big seen, call. I haven't. And I rate Elijah Hewitt. I think he's going to be an absolute ripper. But I don't think I've seen anywhere near enough or to uh, to suggest that he's going to be better than a Sheasel or Ashcroft or Owens or Amos. What do you think, Duff? Uh, the bloke I likened Hewitt to, and I, I agree with Goss in that I think he's the best of the West Coast kids. I think he's better than Jindy. Um, like, I see Jindy being like a Jack Crisp. A mm. sort of a big-bodied, relentless, 200-game mm. midfielder that will never let you down. He'll Good play man. a lot of... Um, and he'll, you know, he'll play consistently well. Um, probably win best and fairest as well. But I see Hewitt like a shy Bolton. Now, perhaps he's got a, he's got a way to go to get to a level of shy Bolton, but I think he's that mid-forward that can really impact inside attacking 50. Um, he probably doesn't have all the moves that Bolton has, but he has real explosive power through and away from stoppage. And, um, yeah, I think he's West Coast's best kid. And I think he's absolute. Like, if you put him in amongst that top five, I think he would hold his ground pretty well. But I think Sheasel's got real X factor. And I'm, I, as I mentioned, I, I love what Owens and Amos have done. I, I think um, they've had sensational seasons and had real impact on the on the outcomes of their team. Temporary bedshed text. Humphreys will be the best of them, says Scott in success, and George Wardlaw will win a Brownlow. That's a good one too. George Wardlaw is probably the one that only came in a bit later than everyone else, didn't he? And he's going to be... Yeah, he's a ripper too. Exactly. Yeah, they're two good calls there. Hey, Duff, uh, Liam Henry has asked the Fremantle Football Club at the tender age of 22 and 43 games to seek a trade. He wants to go to a Victorian club. You don't normally seek a trade unless you've got uh, some uh, um, suitors. What's your vibe? What's your thoughts? Um, they put a lot of work into this boy for about seven or eight years now through the academy and the like, and uh, they've wrapped their arms around him. He produced some good numbers this year. What's your thoughts on the whole process of Liam Henry and where to now? <laughs> he nearly left during the team song after the game. Yeah. You see that on what he said? <laughs> he was kind of. It looked like he had his bags packed and he had a he had a cab to catch after going out the door. So uh, no, one's, no one's really surprised by this. I think I think Fremantle are disappointed, but I think there's also a bit of faux disappointment in it. You know, like we said, they have to start the negotiating process for a trade now. And, and clearly they have put a lot of work in, but I think they've been expecting it for, you know, the best part of half the season. Um, I'm hearing some Kilda and Hawthorne early um, is what I'm hearing. I think there'll be a lot of clubs that will have interest, but I'm not sure it'll be like, we'll give you a first round draft pick sort of interest for a player like Liam Henry. Like, I think he's shown himself capable of playing a role. And I think he's shown some signs that he's, Right late in the season, he's growing into the player that he can be, which means he's more confident in and around traffic. 
still make some pretty interesting decisions with the footy. But I think at Fremantle that was good because he was at least prepared to bite off and, and do something a little bit different and a bit more daring. So I think that gave him a point of difference. Um, yeah, I, I, if I was to bet at this stage, guys, I would say Hawks or Saints. But I think a few clubs will come and have a nibble and just see what um, you know what they can get him for. And in regards to a lot of this messaging yesterday on socials, when I sort of threw it out there and what was Frio fans' reaction to it all, the, the overarching of it all, and Ben from Busso has just texted in, is there a retention problem at Frio? Lots of turnover over over the years. Or player-driven turnover. Yeah. Not, not what's, your, what's your thought? Yeah, exactly right. What's your thoughts there in uh, Fremantle's uh, struggle to retain players uh, and and players wanting out, and in particular in more recent years? I think late in Ross Lyon's reign, and I stress late in Ross Lyon's reign, because players early with Ross are always very happy because the method is very strong. I think what he does is he chews through and wears out players a little bit. So I think late in the Ross Lyon reign, that was a factor. And clearly there was a lot of movement last year. Um, but all of those player movements are different, aren't they? Except for one thing. A lot of them have the same player manager. So, um, you know, maybe Fremantle needs to sit down with a particular player manager and ask, is there a problem? Because he appears to be the only one that wants to shift players out of there. But if you look at the ones that moved last year, getting back on track, Logue left for money. Um, I would argue that Acres was a list management error by Fremantle, and I think Acres would have happily stayed. Um, and I think he would have happily stayed at a price that they could afford him. Um, so I, I think they made an error there, and I think they missed the durable, big-bodied midfielder who understood how to play the wing role. Um, Rory Lobb was always going and had tried to go the year before and um, ended up disappointing where he went to. So I think that's just the way Rory is. Um, and the others, you know, guys like Tucker and Meek left because they had to because they needed opportunity. Yep. Um, so I think everyone is different. And I think Liam clearly had his heart set on going from early in the piece. And it was about going to Melbourne and playing and living in Melbourne. So but I'm not sure it's so much leaving Fremantle. A lot of talk last year too about low ball offers so they could get Luke Jackson and make sure that the, the TPP was all in, in decent effort. So Liam... Henry Duff, second round pick, you'd think, Henry. So at the moment, I, like, yeah, he's got he's got potential, but I see him as the a connector within the you know within the side. He's he's not a massive impact player, but he does connect. He works hard up on the wings. He he likes it on the outside where he can use his speed and not so much in the contest. Is that a second round pick at best? Yeah, I reckon if Fremantle gets offered anything with a two in front of it, I think they should be um, just accepting that that's about as good as it going to get. I suspect their position will be you know, some of their late teams but I think it's going to be something with a two in front of it if they do well and it could be something with a three in front of it if they don't have leverage, i.e. If, if it's a club right down towards the bottom and there's the threat of walking him through the pre-season draft. I would hope that Liam Henry if um, uh, given the work that Fremantle has put into him mm. and the patience they have shown I would hope that Liam Henry wouldn't walk through the pre-season draft, that he would make sure that his club was compensated mm. for his departure. Brendan on the text line too, Duff, says he takes Frio's claims that they're disappointed about Henry leaving with a pinch of salt. They only put him in the position to rack up stats to boost his trade value, knowing that he <laughs> wanted out halfway through the year. Thoughts? So what? They would upset four other players who wanted to play in that position mm. just so that they could get um, five 
spots higher. I mean, the clubs they're trading with aren't that stupid. Um, you know, like if Hawthorne were interested in him, you reckon they might have put a tag on him on the weekend, you know, just to see how he went. Um, and also to make Liam feel like he was a player that needed to be stopped. Um, you know, there's a lot of fluff and stuff that goes on in these things, but I think it's more to the point that Fremantle was clearly of the view that Liam Henry was going to be hard to keep, and they've been of that view for much of the season. And it's hard to avoid that view when the bloke puts talks on hold until the end of the season, isn't it? Like, usually when guys do that, it means they're of a strong mind to leave, and, and they might have to be talked around. Now, is he a a high priority to talk around. I think they'd like to keep him. They'd much prefer to keep him than lose him. But um, uh, we're, we're in an era now where player movement is far more fluid than it was, say, even five years ago, but certainly 10 years ago. You know, players will exercise their options and, and we're seeing that, you know, quite regularly. Um, I think you need players who will make sacrifices with their salaries to enable you to keep um, all your players now, which is probably one of the great secrets to Hawthorne's success, wasn't it? Guys like Luke Hodge and these guys played for less than what their market value was worth to make sure the team was as strong as it could possibly be. Yeah, Geelong were the same, very similar. Hey, Duff, before we let you go, do you think, do you, you've mentioned it, that Colin Young is the player manager in question here, that a lot of his players have departed. Do you think Fremantle need to call him out and, and they have to get him in and, and have this chat to be had because this is just another player that's leaving and your thought process is that that's the common denominator in all of this? Well, it is the common denominator, isn't it? I mean, we can pretend it's not, but it's like the elephant in the corner of the room. Now, I don't know what their relationship like is like with Colin behind closed doors, but these are all his clients. Um, and Scotty mentioned low-ball offers. I think they absolutely low-balled acres. And I think they started with a low offer to Griffin Logue before he'd established in the team. But I think their their last offer to Griffin was probably pretty much in line with, um, you know, what other clubs would have offered. In fact, other clubs have told me that. Um, North Melbourne were above that. Um, but um, most clubs said, no, no, that's about the market value for, for, um, for Griffin Logue, what Fremantle's final offer was. So, yeah, I'd, if I was them, I'd be sitting Colin down and having a talk to him and asking him, OK, What's the issue here? And, you know, can we, can we reach a, um, a better understanding? Because I think um, when, when it's all one player manager... Now, in fairness to Colin, Colin has a lot of players at Fremantle and mm. Corporate Sports Australia, of course, are right next door to us out there at Optus Stadium. Mm. Um, they have a lot of players at Fremantle. So it, there's a higher likelihood that those players will be the ones in trade negotiations just because there's more of them. But, um, but there is a lot of them. And Carlos says, hi, Duff, let him go because he can't tackle. Appreciate your time uh, and we'll see, you in, we'll, we'll see you in the studio on Monday. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. Good Bye. on you. Mark Duffield, mornings with Mark Duffield. You can read his stuff on Code Sport. Gilly's next. He's all of a sudden out of the woodwork at Carlton. Oh, bandwagon jumper. We'll get into it. Brockman, Tyler Brockman said that he wants to come home to West Coast. Yep. Do West Coast say they want him? Uh, <laughs> not yet, they haven't. But one, the difference between uh, Liam Henry, someone asked me on Twitter, what's the difference between Liam Henry and Tyler Brockman? I said, Brockman wants to live in WA. Yeah, it's and a that's, big, big deal. That's a big deal. Let's get a breakaway. It's 19 past seven. Don't forget, we're warming up on, from Brockman. 29 Brockman's today. Right. Yes. Settled kid. He's a good player. Let's take a break.